A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for three great services. 7 a.m., 9 a.m., and 11 a.m. At The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness. Wow, you're welcome again to this beautiful Sunday morning. It's the last week of May. We are grateful for life. I want to believe you are also grateful for life. Let's lift our voices and begin to thank God. Many are joining us from every part of the world. That is the benefit of this online service. Some are, some of us are from Lagos State, from all parts of Nigeria, some United Kingdom. Wherever you are joining in from, your living room, in your office, can you go ahead and lift your voice and give thanks to God and say, Lord, thank you for this is the week that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for life. Thank you for peace. Thank you for protection. Thank you for health. Thank you for healing. Thank you. Thank you for your provision one way or the other. Father, we praise you. Go ahead and exalt him. Acknowledge his hand. Anytime you acknowledge his hand, he's willing to do more. Thanksgiving is application for more. Thanksgiving is key to increase. So go ahead and, you know, as, as lavish as you can to say, Lord, thank you for the children. For those of us that have children, if you're married, thank him for my toes. Thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you for the way you have preserved me from January up until now. Lord, I will not pretend not to know what is happening globally, how people have passed on from coronavirus. I'm grateful for the breath of life. I'm grateful for I have hope for the future. Lord, I'm just grateful. Lord, I just worship you. Lord, you are the glory and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. Can you also go ahead and make declarations for this week, okay? Whatever you say, mixed with faith and passion would always provide, you know, will always be created for you. So go ahead and declare this week. What do you see about this week? Can you declare, voice it out, you know, clearly, Lord, thank you for this week. I declare that every day shall be days of heaven and earth. I will not dash my steps against a stone. Your favor is paving the way for me. I have global impact. I have global impact. I have global influence. I have, I have, I'm a blessing. I'm a blessing. I'm bringing joy to my, to my world. Things are working out for my favor in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we honor you. We appreciate you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Father, we want to say thank you for this beautiful week. We declare before the throne of heaven, uh, before every demon, we declare that this is the week our God has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day shall be days of heaven on earth. The angels of God will order our steps. We will not dash our steps against a stone in Jesus' mighty name. Amen 
and amen. Can you put your hands together where you are, whether you are alone by yourself or you are with a team of people in your living room or by yourself? Can you just, you know, a bit like five seconds, give thanks to God. Praise the Lord. Okay, once again, you are welcome. Uh, it's a family month and uh, it's been awesome, not easily broken. And I think this should be part three or part four, as the case may be. And we're also having a special time today to, read, uh, to, uh, to have um, couples that are renewing their vows. We call it vows, vow renewal, okay? People have been married for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years, renewing their vows today. For me, it's very solemn and sacred and, 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 and joyful. And I pray that for such couples, uh, there will be new beginnings. There will be new energy from the Holy Spirit that at the end of the day, they will look down at COVID-19 lockdown and say, wow, it was the moment where my home was restored. Uh, shame on the devil in the name of Jesus Christ, okay? So before we do that, I want to share a bit on things that will strengthen our homes. Uh, we've talked a lot about um, um, uh, various principles that will strengthen our home. Look, we're in a ministry where great people have been built. We are destined for greatness. So when, when it's our family month, uh, you can call it building great families. I believe that you are in this family because, uh, this global family because you are destined for greatness. So I believe that you should think greatness when it comes to your family, your spouse, yourself, the children, the teenagers. You should think greatness. That's the mindset. And then we started by talking about vision. Vision shows where you are going. Where are you going? A family vision. I've said that again and again. Everyone, whether you are single or married, craft a family vision. Let it be based on scripture so that it's partnership with God. Not something you just wish. No, something based on eternal values, okay, from scriptures. I gave the example of our own family, how we picked from Psalms 112 and some other verse, uh, scriptures to create and craft a family vision. We're even still fine-tuning that. And then last week, we talked about core values, uh, the things that determine the behavior of a family. And, you know, that was a very, uh, was a high point for us. Um, last last week, I remember a lot of people sent me a lot of messages about how that affected them. We talked about core values, you know. We talked about uh, things like spirituality as a core value in a family, about honor, about diligence, about excellence, about generosity, humility, hospitality, service, integrity, cleanliness, promptness, respect, love, obedience, different things that uh, depending on the family, okay? Just pick like five to seven areas that you know will shape that family uh, based on the vision that family uh, has crafted. We can say so much about family values because what values does is to help you to prioritize things. Uh, what you value determines what you spend money on, determines what you react against, determines what, what, what obtains in a setting. So without values, you don't have value. And I tried to debunk some very wrong things that people grew up with. Some families, they, they, they place material well-being over integrity. So if I saw families, they can do anything because of money. They can even lie. And yet they're even Christians because they don't have a good value system. Some even uh, focus on uh, being, for couples especially, especially as we're doing renewal of vows today, some people be, prefer to be right than to have unity in the home. So the man doesn't care. Sometimes it's the woman. She just prefers to prove that she's right. Or he wants to prove to the woman and the children that they are wrong and he's right. He doesn't care about the unity in the family. 
And you know, when you look at scriptures, unity is, a, is a, it's important if you must enjoy blessings. Psalms 133 says, How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So if you place premium or value on being right over uh, unity, you, that you are right doesn't mean your family is blessed. That you are right doesn't mean the, the marriage will work out. So you find some marriages have been wrecked just because a man is standing on his right for 30 years. That yes, what she did was wrong or what he did was wrong and nothing was working and nothing is working in the family for so long. Just, the man is just telling everybody in 1977 or in 1987 or 1997 uh, she lied or he lied. And what is the benefit of that? When are you going to forgive him? When are you going to forgive her? When are you going to place a high priority on unity you know, for the sake of the blessings of the family? So let's inspect our value. And don't assume it. Our value system. Don't assume it. Write it down. Write it out. Is it four you want to pick? Is it three? Is it five? Is it seven? And then I encourage that you look at an area where the family might have a deficiency. Then put a value system there that will up that area. For instance, I know some families that have problems with being tidy. Some way, somehow, maybe because of the temperaments of the dad and the mom, everywhere is always scattered, things upside down. Then you can put cleanliness or order as a major part of the value system, okay? And then look at the strengths of the family and what do you see in the future. Uh, you can get that download on, on our, our Global Impact Church store or you know, and, and, and on, on our YouTube page and listen to those messages again. So let's move on on things that will help us not to be easily broken. As mentioned earlier, the place of unity is the place of blessings. Psalms 133, um, Psalms 133 says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Let me just read Psalms 133 out uh, as a reminder to everyone that the place of unity is the place of blessing. If two on, if two seemingly untalented people work together in agreement, they will produce greater fruits than those who have all the talents in this world, but they're having fights and divisions and all those things. Uh, Psalms 133 verse 1, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the bed, even Aaron's bed, that went down upon, that went down to the skirts of his garments. Uh, verse 3 says, As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. I like this last part of that psalm. It says, For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Where? The place of unity, the place of togetherness, the place of collaboration. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Life forevermore. I pray that every home going through any kind of division or strife, that it will be stopped right away in the name of Jesus. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will invade that family and turn it around in the name of Jesus Christ. Strife opens the door to the enemy. He begins to steal the blessings. The enemy begins to block the flow of finances. So you fight strife like you fight Satan. Where there is pride, there will be strife. Where there is arrogance, there will be strife. 
It takes humility to forgive. It takes humility to understand the person's perspective. It takes brokenness to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Without humility, there can be unity. Where there is pride, there will always be divisions. There are some people, they always want to prove the moment you try to correct them like this, they always defend themselves. They always trying to prove that they are not completely wrong. They, and, and when you are like that, you enter into, you know, you, you, you become antagonistic, you become a fighter, unnecessary fighter. There's nothing wrong with you apologizing to your child, to your spouse. Unity, the place of unity is the place of blessings. In Mark 3, verse 24, Mark chapter 3, verse 24, it says, And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom can not stand. And then verse 25 says, And if a house, I think it's talking about families, if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So we don't want to allow divisions to fester or to, 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 to remain in our homes. We must work for unity, okay? One shall chase a thousand and two shall chase ten thousand. If you go to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So wise people work for unity. Wise people work towards unity of the, of the family, of the business, you know, because one shall chase a thousand and two shall chase ten thousand. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I want to read from verse 9. Ecclesiastes. How do you pronounce Ecclesiastes? Some people say Ecclesiastes. Some people say Ecclesiastes. Whichever way you pronounce it. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one. That, that, that should humble anybody, especially we men. Because I've seen so many men try to do things by themselves. Or because they feel they are intelligent, they feel they are educated, they don't need anybody. Such people don't last. Such people live, have their potential. Scripture is saying, look at this verse, verse 9. Two are better than one. So no matter how strong you are, no matter how connected you are, two are better than one. And in the context of marriage and family, everyone must remember that God brought that person into your life for a purpose. You know, you might ignore the purpose, you might despise the purpose, but let me say to you, there is a reason why God brought that man into your life. Especially for husbands, there is a reason why God brought that woman into your life. And the earlier you acknowledge that reason, the earlier you celebrate that reason, the earlier you embrace that reason or those reasons, the better the future of that family. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So two are better than one. Verse 9, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Now look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls. For he had not another to help. That means, especially in the context of marriage, we are there to help each other, to hold each other up. It could be in prayers. 
Don't despise a praying woman. Don't despise a praying child. Don't despise a praying husband. Don't say, what is she bringing to the house? What is he contributing? Prayer alone can never be monetized. But if you move that prayer out of your life, maybe you'll be far below where you are now. Somebody's raising you up. We're in marriage or in family setting to raise each other up. Now look at verse 10 again. It says, For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falls. So you will not be alone in Jesus' name. And this is a word of encouragement to all our precious singles. I want to encourage you to maximize your single days. Okay? But you need the right friends. That scripture says, Woe to him who is alone. So whether you are married or not, it's not good to be alone. Now, being with the wrong friends is as destructive. So my charge to everyone is, especially the singles, prayerfully let God help you find right friends. You need friends. My life has been blessed uh, by friends. Some of, some of them I met when I was on campus, you know, uh, OAU, and many of them were still very close today, more than 20 years. You know, but I remember I, I pray a lot about friendship. I pray a lot. I ask the Holy Spirit to guide me. You, you can't do without friends. Being alone is dangerous. So you need friends, the right friends. And to get the right friends, it's better you pray because people change. Some friends that were okay for you last year or last five years might not just be okay for you this year. So even the friendship thing evolves relationships evolve and we must evolve with it but never stay with the wrong friend wrong association will destroy your future so i encourage our singles and those of us who are married as husbands and wives as we pick out friends also let the holy ghost guide your steps i pray that you will not run into a destructive relationship that you will live to regret in jesus name Amen. So verse 10 says, For if they fall, the one will lift up the fellow, but woe to him that is alone. That's a strong word. Woe to him that is alone. I mean, I've seen men that try to behave like they don't need their wives, but when they are sick, <laughs> when they are really sick, and everybody deserts them, it is that woman that stays with them in the hospital overnight, helping them to, to strengthen one part, helping them to use to take their drugs. That's when you know that you can never live a, your life just by yourself. God has called us to collaborate. And this season, this particular pandemic season, is also teaching everyone to maximize all the opportunities of relationship that God has provided for you. One person is too small to achieve greatness. One person is too small to fulfill the family vision. We need to collaborate. And for us to collaborate, we have to understand each other. We have to respect each other. Respect your spouse. Don't speak to your spouse like he or she is an animal, uh, a destitute or a nothing that you are, that, that you are strengthened or that, that, that some parts, some things are your strength and it's your spouse's weakness is not grounds for you to despise and to talk down and to abuse another person. What you don't have as strength, that other person will have as strength. Little hinges swing huge doors. Little things can make a big difference. I, I, I'm always appalled and irritated when I see a man especially uh, despise the wife. I, it hurts me. It hurts me because Number one, you are not forced to marry her. Number two, that person, I believe, is a gift to you. 
That woman, some ladies also do it, maybe because they earn better than the man. But there's something that person brings to your life. Allow them to contribute. Respect them. Dignify them. Let the world know that you made a great decision. Glory to God. I believe it's a new season for each one of us in Jesus' name. Okay? Uh, you know, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, I was humbled. I was humbled when you see the God of creation say, Genesis 1 26, it says, And God said, let us make man in our image. How can the almighty God be saying, let us? If God can say, let us, then why should a man be saying, I did this, I did that, or you are a CEO or a pastor, everything you are saying, I, 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 I. Why? You are not talking like the God that created you. It's Satan that speaks like that. Prideful Satan. Self-centered Satan. Satan that feels self-sufficient, that that talks about I, 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 almost like nobody contributed, nobody helped, nobody, I don't need anybody. It sounds like that. Maybe that's not how it is in your heart, but that's a big question. If it's not in your heart like that, then you'll be saying I, I, I. If God can say, let us, then the let us spirit is the spirit of accomplishment, is the spirit of unity. If we have that mentality in every home, even your children have a part to play. This lockdown period has been amazing for me, especially with the children at home. And you begin to see the uniqueness of each child and what they bring to the table. And I'm so grateful. Earlier days when they were all still very young, many things you have to do by yourself, especially when you don't have a household staff working for you or with you. But now that they are getting older, it's always a pleasure to find one of them. Help me write this. Help me research this on the internet. Help me carry this. I say, wow, what a blessing. And I'm trusting that that same blessing will remain and, and, and grow in the name of Jesus Christ. So everyone has a part to play from your baby in the house to your toddler, to your preteens, to your teenager, to your spouse. Everyone has a part to play. And if that begins to happen, it's easier for that vision of the family to be accomplished. I'll say it again. Where there is pride, there can be unity. Where there is humility, there will be unity. And where there is unity, there will be sustained blessings. Okay? Now, um, I, I want to also talk about prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. A prayerless family is a powerless Family, okay. The enemy dominates a family that is not given to prayers. Uh, Isaiah sixty-six verse seven. So I want to I want to challenge every family to raise the bar when it comes to their prayer altar. I know it's not so easy, especially when kids are running up and down or they have things to do. A prayerless family is a powerless family. Isaiah sixty-six. Uh, I've seen. God do amazing things on the altar of prayers. Uh, I, re I realize that most of our children, their destinies are often shaped by the prayer power that is utilized by their parents first, and then you begin to also raise the children up to be able to pray as much as you can. Isaiah 66, verse 7. I just want to listen well. We're going to read like three verses. Isaiah 66, Verse um, 
verse 7. Okay, verse 7. It says, before she traveled, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Verse 8 says, who has had such a thing? That is, have you ever had such a thing? There was no travail. There was no effort. And then she now brought forth a child. They said, who had had such a thing? No, because... No pain, no gain. And the pain we are talking here is not the pain of, of, of Satan attacking you. It's the pain of spiritual labor. It's the pain of birthing the destiny of that family in prayers. That you have a great job as a man does not mean your family will turn out great. No. We are, all these things are birthed. All these things are, are, are born in the place of prayers. Okay, so the husband must develop his prayer life, the wife must develop a prayer life, and then must begin to groom the children to, to grow in their prayer life also, and then the family collaboratively must begin and continue to pray. Glory to God. He says, Before she traveled, that's verse 7, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Say, so who had had such a thing? <laughs> who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation, or should I put it this way, shall a great family be born at once? But for as soon as Zion travel, that means it doesn't just happen at once. There is a process of traveling. Prayers. For as soon as Zion travel, she brought forth our children. All the visions we have written down, all the core values we have written down, all the things that we are seeing for the future, he has to be born, birthed in the place of prayers. So, a prayerless family is a powerless family. Greatness is born in the altar of prayers where you lift up your, your you know, wife. You are lifting your husband's business before the Lord, asking God to lift him, asking God to protect him, asking God to make him wise. Husband, you are praying for your wife to be strengthened, to be wise, you know, and the, the husband and wife, you are praying for the children. For, you know, sometimes as you walk with God, God will begin to reveal to parents the, a glimpse, not all, maybe a glimpse of the destiny of their children. It is not something you'll be shouting to everybody about. It is something you go and travail about. It is something you pray about. When you have a glimpse of the destiny of a child in business world, in politics, in, in ministry, whatever you might have seen, it's not to be shouted about. It is to be prayed about. And you guide the child's future step by step in prayers. There is nothing wrong with us praying for the marital future of our children now. You all know how critical marriage is. There's nothing wrong to start praying about their marital future now. The earlier we sow the seeds, the better the harvest. The, if I, you know, uh, he that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. It's better to sow the seeds of prayer bountifully. Because in the near future, things are going to be different in our world. But those who have traveled now are the ones that will enjoy the fruits of that future. Okay? So I want, to, I want to encourage that nothing stops the prayer system in a family. This lockdown, make it a duty. 
I mean, have a system. Every family should develop their system. Some families do every morning. Is it working? If it's not working, they structure it. Some families do evenings. Some families do thrice in a week. So, you know, find a system that strengthens the prayer uh, process in that family. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I've been thinking when the lockdown is over and the Acts Church is to resume, I'm going to have to change the way I preach, okay? Because I think they're going to mandate even pastors to use um, face masks. So I've been imagining how I'll be able to preach using face masks, especially someone like me that talks a lot. You know, the anointing is flowing, but I can't do that after lockdown. So we are looking for the right face mask that will help me to preach effectively. And I'm trying to practice now to, to be cool and calm so that um, I'll be able to adhere to whatever strict rules that might come up, okay? <laughs> Matthew 18, verse 18. We're also thinking about the praise and worship leaders too, how they will be singing <laughs> with face mask. <laughs> uh, God will help us, okay? Okay, now look at Matthew 18, verse 18. He says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, verse 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Agreement, prayer of agreement is one place where you get answers fast. But if you look at verse 18, it says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So our prayer life is what creates boundaries in the family. You tell the devil no go area in our finances. No go area concerning our health. No go area. What you bind in, on earth is bound in heaven. What you lose, you lose favor. You lose wisdom in the, in the children's academics. What is like saying in the place of prayer, you determine what is allowable and you determine what to disallow to happen. But it's in the place of prayer. Verse 19 is now saying, when it is in agreement, then the answers are facilitated. That's why the devil attacks families a lot, especially husband and wife, or sometimes a child and the mother, or a son and the father, creating divisions, disrupting the agreement, weakening their prayer potential. He said, if two of you shall agree on earth, can you imagine? I mean, if two friends that are close heart to heart agree, answers come faster. But it's faster when it's a couple that are married, husband and wife. Anything on earth. So you disallow evil on, your, on the family. You disallow poverty. You disallow shame. But you allow favor. You allow greatness. You allow peace in the place of prayer. I pray that the prayer anointing and grace upon our families will grow stronger. And um, get ready for the month of June. The month of June is our, is our month of prayer and fasting. Uh, the theme for June is shaping history through prayer and fasting. Actually, history is shaped on the altar of prayers. And God will help us throughout the month of June. I'll give you more details on that next week. Rise up on your feet wherever you are. Let's begin to give thanks to God for 
uh, one or two things I believe that we have learned this great uh, morning or this great day. For some people, it's in the afternoon. Join those joining from China, joining from India or Pakistan and all those places. It's already like um, uh, afternoon to evening. So wherever time zone, just lift your voice and say, Lord, thank you for what I've learned today. Ah, thank you, thank you. I give you praise. I receive your instruction. I receive your instruction. I receive your word. I receive your inspiration. I receive your direction. I'd like you to extend this prayer and say, Lord, I receive grace to be able to walk in unity, to be able to maximize the potential of my home. There must be something there. There must be potential there. There must be things there in the children, in my spouse. Lord, I open up for grace. I open up for the outpouring of grace of unity. I come against strife in my home, in my relationships, especially the relationships you ordained for me. I take authority over strife. I take authority over unforgiveness, bitterness. I, I, I bury them. I bury them in the blood of Jesus Christ. I let go of every bitterness. I let go of every strife. Holy Spirit, I allow you. Holy Spirit, I allow you. Let, let, the, let the blessings of Psalms 133 oh, prosper in my home. God's word says how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Let my home be an example of the blessings of Psalms 133 where the anointing of God flourishes where the blessings of God are commanded. Let my home, let our church, let our families in global impact, oh God, let it be examples of Psalms 133 in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, we command that all your efforts are broken, all your efforts are rendered null and void in our homes, in our lives, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lift up every single mother or single father or single person, oh Lord, I pray that you will bring to them quality relationships, any relationship in their lives or in our lives that is not profiting us. Let it be yanked away this season. Let it be yanked away this season. In the name of Jesus. For that single mother listening. For that single man listening. Or that single lady or, 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 or young man listening. I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide your steps when it comes to friendships, that they will add value to you. You will add value to them. It will be profitable association because scripture says, he that walks with the wise will be wise. I pray that God will bring to you men and women of wisdom. God will bring to you men and women that will cause your destiny to flourish in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you discernment to be able to know those you should relate with and those who should drop off. And in the name of Jesus, any relationship that has expired, I pray that you'll be able to discern it and let it go forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray. We, we pray for grace that the prayer altar of our families will blow hotter. Can you lift your voice where you are and say, Holy Spirit, strengthen my prayer life. Let revival blossom in my family. Can we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ? Mandala katalaba, pakata katokoto. 
The revival will blossom in your home. That your our homes will not be spiritually dull. Our homes will not be spiritually cold. Our home will be a place where the Holy Ghost is functioning, where the Holy Ghost is enjoying. That revival will blossom in our children, in our lives. Holy Spirit, set our lives on fire, especially our prayer altar. Set our lives, set our prayer altar on fire in the name of Jesus Christ. Anything that the enemy had put on the stumbling block against my prayer life, anything, any strategy, I dismantle them in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I open up to you to strengthen me concerning my life of my relationship with my father. Even as I pray and supplicate, strengthen me, set my life on fire in Malakata Prakata. Let our children be praying children. Let our husbands be praying husbands. Let our wives be praying wives. Let our families be praying families. Let us see the fruits of, the, of prayer. Let our, let our prayers shape history, shape the future. In the name of Jesus, oh, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you